Welcome, ladies, to the Real Estate Investor Show, providing inspiration, strategies, and insight to empower women investors to live balanced and financially free lives. Now, here are your co-hosts, Liz and Andressa. Raising private money, multifamily investing, and syndications is a very hot topic in real estate investing circles. This topic can feel overwhelming at times for all of us real estate investors. Well, in today's episode, Jillian Sidoti, one of the nation's leading experts on crowdfunding and syndication, breaks down this huge topic for us. She shares tons of useful information, including the biggest mistakes when raising private money, how to vet an actual syndicator, and the number one place to find private money. Welcome back, ladies. This is Liz. And this is Andressa. Welcome back to the Real Estate Investor Show, where we're on a mission to support women investors in this uh, amazing business that can have highs and lows called real estate <laughs> investing, right? Um, it's not all roses and sunshine, you know? So um, welcome, Jillian, to our show. We're really excited to have her on the show to share some amazing knowledge with us. So Welcome. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, we're really, really looking forward to jumping into some great topics here. Uh, before we go there, we always kind of like to get connected to all of you listening, and we really appreciate you listening. Um, I am going to do a quick shameless plug that, you know, it'd be awesome if you do love our show to leave us a review that always helps, you know, kind of just share what we're up to with other great women out there. That's what we're, we're on a mission to do. So if you can do that. Um, and the thing that I really want to mention to all of you uh, out there today was um, the power of networking and, and, and are you actively networking um, offline and online? And I think in this, this age that we're in, um, we just get caught up in our own lives and it's hard with, you know, mm -hmm. nighttime and kids and families and activities. But I went to a networking event last night and I was sitting by these two women and we we're chatting and and they were just, you know, it was just so nice to talk with them. And I, I forget that. I connect with women online and all that good stuff. But I just, you know, seeing people and connecting with them. And we met some great investors last night, um, you know, couple, a couple that we, we you know, um, just really respect. So it was just time well spent. I got a babysitter. It was, a, you know, a lot of coordination, That's right? That's great. I'm proud of you. Yeah. <laughs> coordination. It's not as easy. And, and I would recommend check out, we have invest her meetups. We have six of them. We don't, we're on our path to have a lot more, but we're creating meetups around the country for women to connect with other women in this business. And uh, we're looking for leaders. We're looking for women, you know, to come out to these ones. We have Philly and Kansas, Texas, more on the way. So just, you know, Go to meetup.com, put invest her in there and uh, invest her, and then you should get the list. So again, mo most importantly, get out there, get involved, yeah. something in person uh, that you're getting value from business related, real estate related. I just want to encourage ladies to do that. And if, uh, you know, once a month, once every other month, but do something out there. A hundred percent. So just wanted to share that. Um, so without further ado, Jillian, thanks again for being on our show. Um, you have some, you're an investor, you're, uh, you know, SEC attorney. Uh, so you have a tremendous amount of experience and sharing things that um, we, you know, we, we pay some amazing lawyers like, like all of you to, to, to help us with because we don't know. No, well, thank you for having me. I, I, I love this. There's not a lot of women focused um, podcasts out there. So that's sweet. Yeah, absolutely. So as we'd like to do with our, um, with our, with our guests and the women that we, we have on the show, what compelled you, um, and, and you are both, you have the investor hat, you have the attorney hat on, what compelled you to get involved in this business? Um, you know, 
you know, whenever, when that was and how did it kind of pull you in and in terms of really this, this area of real estate investments? Um, actually I had, um, I, I, poverty. I mean, I, I, I don't want to ever say that I knew what poverty was cause that's really insulting to people who actually live in poverty, but I did have a moment of financial distress. Um, that really kind of opened my eyes on what I was doing in life. I had uh, dropped out of law school to start a record label and I financed it on my credit card. Mm. And doing that, um, you know, I just spiraled into a, a, like into debt and I, and, and just was never able to pick myself up out of that hole. And there was a moment in time during that where I realized this cannot be the correct way to finance a business. This cannot be the way people make money. This just can't, mm. there's gotta be a better way. Um, so I went back to law school, but at the time when I was going back to law school, I, I kind of knew I didn't want to be a lawyer. I really didn't like other attorneys to be perfectly honest. Um, I didn't like the people I was going to, and that, I'm, I'm being very general right now because I still have some really dear friends from law school, but there were a lot of people I did not like. Um, you know, lawyers don't become jerks. They usually start off being jerks. I learned that very quickly. And, um, and I just knew I didn't want to be in that, in that environment. So um, in, in this struggle of like, okay, I have no money. I dropped out of law school. I don't really want to be a lawyer. What am I going to do? So mm -hmm. I, I actually went back to law school for the sake of finishing it. And, um, and at that time I went around to every real estate investing firm in San Diego and asked them for a job. Um, you know, I'll file for you. I'll, I'll, I'll do your books. Um, cause I have a degree in finance as well. And I, I just said, I'll do, I'll answer your phones, whatever you want me to do. I just want to learn the business of real estate. And one company in San Diego took a chance on me and allowed me to start doing their books. Um, and some, some other things. And, and then I started just doing all their financing, getting the bank loans, getting the private investors, mm -hmm. the whole entire thing. And, and that's how I kind of got into it. Hmm. Wow. And, and walk me through from that point to where you are at right now, right? Because um, syndication deals, crowdfunding deals are, are large scale, very detailed, hard right. work. What is the transition looks like? Well, it's funny because we, it's, it's, I thought it was just kind of what you did. I didn't know there was this whole world of um, real estate education out there when I went around, you know, begging for a job. Um, I, it's crazy. And, and I wouldn't have been able to afford it anyhow, because at that time, you know, I I'd already had a ton of student loans for, you know, school, school. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> I, um, I, I went into the like, the top, the top type of real estate you could get into, we were in condo conversions. Mm, so not wow. only were we syndicating, you know, apartment buildings, we were bringing them down to the studs, remapping them, and then redesigning the whole thing so that you could, we could sell off the individual units and it took a ton of capital. So, um, I started just 
you know, going around and seeing, you know, does anybody want to invest? We started off with traditional bank loans and 100% financing because this was in 2004, 2005 when mm -hmm. you can do that. And, and so I got all this uh, tr traditional financing. We ran out of that money. So we went to hard money. Mm -hmm. And then when we went from hard money, we just started asking people, hey, do you want to invest? And um, Gene Trowbridge, I met him at a CCIM event, actually told me, you can't just go around asking people for money. <laughs> so that's how I learned this whole thing. And I, I tran you know, my, my transition came during the downturn um, because in 2007, when things started to look like, well, we could just see the writing on the wall. We could see the horizon. It wasn't looking um, very good. We saw the storm clouds. So um, late 2006, we just started selling off all the properties. Anything we could get rid of, any earnest money deposits. Um, one thing I'll say about my, my boss at that company, um, he really had a certain level of calm about him in a storm where calm, you know, didn't, um, a lot of people weren't calm and he wasn't calm too. And neither was I, no one was really calm, but he did have some really rational thoughts. And one of those rational thoughts was I'm going to give up this hundred thousand dollar deposit on this building. Hmm. And to me who was, you know, had no money at the time, didn't even know really what a hundred thousand dollars looked like. Um, thought, you can't do that. You can't get away from it. Just buy the property. Just buy the property. And he's like, Jillian, giving up $100,000 is better than losing $300,000. And it wow. didn't make sense until many years later, of course. But um, when, when that happened and we sold off the properties, I didn't really have a job anymore. Um, so I just started you know, looking for people who need it. Now that I had this, in, I was on the other side of the equation where I had done mm -hmm. our own syndications and I had learned this, you know, feet to the fire. Um, I started doing it for other people and just finding people who needed help with their syndications. And I started off doing, you know, back in 2007, doing private placement memorandums for $1,500. Wow. wow. I, I will say this. That's a deal. Wow. That's a deal. <laughs> You totally got what you, if you bought a $1,500 PPM from me, you got exactly what you deserved. Oh so, my gosh. And they were not good. So yeah. um, I'm just praying and thanking the good Lord that I did not get sued <laughs> practice back in the day. So yeah. Unheard. That's great. That's great. Um, so true though. You do get what you pay for. That is, yeah. that is, that is words of wisdom. Um, so, so you, you know, I, I love your journey. You know, your journey is like amazing. And, and I think what you're saying makes so much sense around, um, you know, just, you know, I love the idea of you just making it happen. You know, you made it happen. You had an incredible challenge and then you, you pushed through and then you kind of fell into this and then you created, you know, kind of lemon, you know, lemonade out of lemon. So your expertise in terms of private money, and when Jean said, you can't go around asking for money the way you are, um, you know, we've built, we started with friends and family, our own money, and we've, you know, grown our business um, through private money. And there's a lot around that, right? You know, from, a, especially from a legal perspective. So, you know, love to pick your brain, you know, uh, you know, around what do you find to be the biggest mistakes investors make? Um, and it's not just syndication, right? Because quite honestly, most investors are going to start just like we did. It was a non-syndicated deal. It's two single family homes. 
we were 50 50 partners with the you know person who put the money up there was a non and we we it passed the four prongs that gene teaches i'm sure you guys do so and don't ask yeah. me what those four are but i know that there are four and i know matt knows them so but, um, at least one of you knows them that's right. knows so, oh it's so it's so educational i've learned so much um vicariously through 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 him through you know through gene so but but you know most importantly people are going to just want they want to get in and they're going to you know oh you got the money great we'll buy the property what are the things that investors make, the, the mistakes they make when they start going down the private money path, if you will? Because it's a path and, and it right. doesn't start with crowdfunding. It starts with a small deal usually. I um, mean, it should, quite honestly. But so what have you found? What have you seen to be the biggest mistakes? Yeah, every, you know, you can make this mistake at any level. And I see this mistake being made all the time. And that's the mistake of offering more than you have to. And it's not mm. uh, offering more than you can afford to pay. It's offering more than you have to. Um, and sometimes mm. the afford to pay goes hand in hand with the have to. So everybody believes that investors need like a certain return. And that's not necessarily true. Um, now, there's going to be some investors who say, no, I need to have a higher rate of return for it to invest to fit my investment criteria, but it really, in these, in these kinds of deals, in these private security deals, it really has very little to do with the return of an, on investment and much more to do with your relationship with the investor and how the investor feels about you and the, and the real estate um, industry. Not the specific property you're investing in, but the real estate industry or real estate market, if you will, as a whole. So. So what do you offer investors? And there's a real simple formula for this. Um, and, and, and this is the formula you should always default to. And I should trademark this formula. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you heard it here, ladies. You heard it here first. Okay. So the formula is this. You start with how much is this property going to make? How much do I believe this property is going to make? Then you say, I need, I, the sponsor, the person doing all the work, mm -hmm. my time is worth Y. So if X is the amount of money the property is going to make and Y is what you need to make and you subtract Y from X and there's a negative number, you shouldn't do the deal. Mm. <laughs> number one. And I, I think this is where people screw up. Notice I didn't talk about, um, how much you need to pay the investors, then how much the deal is going to make, and then this is what you're going to make is left over. That's not how it should work. You need to think about how much do you need to make to make this worth your time. That is number one, because if you're not sufficiently motivated to work, everybody's going to be unhappy, you, your investors, everyone. So you have to I'm not telling you to always think about yourself first. I'm telling you when you're planning this, you need to think about yourself first because otherwise the whole thing's going to fall apart. It really will. So how much is the property going to make less? How much you personally need to make to make you happy, to keep you motivated, to, to, to keep your bills paid that then you're going to come up with, you know, your Z. So X, Minus Y equals Z. That Z is the number we can work from now. But that's not the number you can pay your investors. Z is not your number you can pay investors. <laughs> what you next need to come up with is a contingency. Yes. Because we have to remember Murphy's Law, right? 
<laughs> no <laughs> idea what you're talking about. Murphy. Murphy always enters into every situation. <laughs> so we take our Z and then we put in a 20% cushion, 10, 15, 20% cushion. Then that's the number you can, you can mm-hmm. offer your investors. So, so, so then you can say to your investors, and we'll use a real life example. We believe this project's going to make 20%. <laughs> Me, the sponsor, I need to make 10%. That leaves 10% left over. I'm going to put a 20% contingency in there. That leaves 8% that I can pay my investors. So, and then that's what you would offer your investors. No more than that. That is the most you should offer your investors. And that's it. Nice. You know, I am, one of the books that I I just finished reading is called Peak and talks about uh, Maslow. The, 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 oh, yeah, okay, right? yeah. and it, it, it mentions exactly what you're talking about. The, the investor, there are several types of investors and you need to understand which type he or she is and fulfill that need. If he's an investor that really need that return of, you know, 15, 20%, whatever that is, that's one type of investor. There are other investors that will care about the legacy. Those investors will not care about the return itself. It's just a legacy. They're they're invested on that community. They want, uh, you know, to see a change. So it's very tied to what you're, you're talking to. I think on the other side, uh, on our community, we have a lot of ladies that are being approached right now and they don't know how to do their due diligence with folks that are making the offer. So mm. what would you say it's their first steps to understand or evaluate if a deal is a, it's a good fit for them? So if you're talking about it, and by the way, I want to write that book down. You said it's called Peak. Yes. I always keep a list of books to read. So. Oh, this is so good. I mean, I have like a ton. It's called Peak. Awesome. So, but all right. Awesome. I, got, I, I got that down. So, yeah. Um, yeah. so when you're talking about this, you're saying like an, uh, a lady is being approached to invest and what should, should, we, should she be looking for? Yes, uh, a sponsor or somebody putting a, um, yeah. you know, a PPM together and say, here, here's what we have a relationship already established. So I have this opportunity here, uh, but she doesn't have that long term relationship. They have a conversation. They started, mm-hmm. you know, but how can she evaluate a deal and walk, you know, like if you check the, the, the marks and see if that's a deal for her or not, what will be there? That's a great question. So the first thing is um, always try to sniff out desperation. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if, if somebody seems desperate, that is not a good sign. Do not invest. Um, and you know what? The other side of that, I say to anybody who's trying to raise money, don't be desperate. Um, there's, you know, all money is green, but not all investors are created equal. So choose wisely who you choose as your investors, just like your investors are choosing, trying to choose wisely on what they're investing in. Number one. So, so look, look at how desperate the, the, the recipient or the sponsor is. Um, and if there's any sign of desperation whatsoever, run away as fast as you can. Um, the second part is, is this, 
is this sponsor painting like a super rosy picture or are they being real with you? Are they telling you these are the risks associated with investing? Are they presenting you with a written document? If they're not even spending the time to get you a legally sound document to memorialize your <laughs> the investment opportunity, I don't, don't even bother. Like, don't yeah. even bother. Um, the other thing is too, background check people. Uh, don't be afraid to background check. Don't find it to be like this invasion. You're giving them your money. Background check these people. Why not? You know, if you don't really know them, um, do yourself a favor and background check them. And you can tell them, I'm going to background check you. And, and anybody who's sincerely, you know, uh, a, a sponsor or is serious about this business is not, is, isn't going to care. Yeah. And, and they might say like, oh, okay, well, before you background check me, I do want to let you know, you know, I had a DUI five years ago, I was going through a rough time or whatever, you know, they might, they might reveal some things to you. Um, but if they get um, overly squirrely about getting background checked, then it's not a deal for you. So, so those are the three things I would start with. Number one, are they desperate? Number two, did they provide you with proper legal documentation? And number three, um, are you, uh, are, are you brave enough to, to run a background check? I love that. I love that. And, you know, we hear a lot too, Jillian, on the, on the, um, our Facebook community and just, you know, in conversations we have with ladies, um, you know, they really want to get into apartment buildings, right. And, and, yeah. you know, they really want to get into syndications and, uh, you know, there's a lot of different philosophies on that, right? So some people would say, go, go big, go home, you know? <laughs> and, and, and other people would say, uh, you know, and I would be more on the camp of, you know, try to start with a duplex, you know? <laughs> Maybe then a four unit, you know, then double. But um, what would you say, you know, in terms of the kind of investor that, that you know, a woman needs to be, because this is, that's our, you know, our focus here, a woman needs to be in order to be that sponsor. They want to get there. They want to really be the helm of, of these apartment building kind of syndications. Like what sure. kind of investor do they need to be? Like what, what, what does that look like in your, in your experience? I mean, they need to, I, I'll be right now. I'll, I'll be perfectly frank with you. Um, I right now at this point in my life, I would not syndicate anything personally. I'm not saying anybody else shouldn't. I'm talking about Jillian Sedoti should not be syndicating anything right now. And the reason is, is because I'm a terrible, I'm a terrible property manager. Not that you're supposed to be really managing your own multifamily property. You're supposed to hire a manager, but I'm terrible at managing that too right now. At this point in time, I have kids. Mm -hmm. I have this business that, that requires a lot of time. I have, I have a lot of other interests and things that are going on. And so I don't have the time to properly syndicate a deal right now. Um, with that being said, so, so, so what do you need to do? That doesn't mean you can't have kids and you can't have other interests and you can't have other um, businesses, but what you do need to have is organization and you have to have a plan. Um, quite frankly, if you have the deal, you can syndicate that deal so long as you have the proper plan. Um, and what that means is, do you have a schedule of time of when you're going to communicate with your investors? Do you have a schedule of distributions that you're going to make to your investors? Do you know exactly what your timeline looks like on that particular property? Mm -hmm. If you don't know these things, you shouldn't be syndicating anything. So, so just to go back to the schedule of time to, to report to investors, that to me right there is one of the reasons why I shouldn't be syndicating right now because I'm not sure I could stick to a regular schedule of reporting to investors. Um, 
And that's huge. And I have a lot of clients who don't regularly report to their investors. And I'll tell you right now, if something goes wrong, those invest those clients of mine are going to have the worst time with their investors because then their phone's going to start ringing off the hook. Yeah. So it's all about organization. I'm going to report to my investors once per month. Every month at the property, I'm going to do X. It's really about developing really good habits um, and routines and systems in order to to carry out a syndication because the syndication is not just about running the property. It's also about managing the investors and making sure all the bookkeeping's done. So if you yeah. cannot put all those things together, then you shouldn't be doing it. But I, I assure you, any one of you out there can do this. It's about finding the deal and getting yourself organized. I think Absolutely. you're making such a good point because a lot of people, there's a lot of conversations out there talking about how to raise money, how to syndicate a deal, but there's very little about the managing part after that. Right. Towards the construction, towards the, the investors. And that's like, okay, I bought this car, but I have no gas. Right. So. Right. That's exactly it. Like, uh, oh, I'm so excited, but now I can't, you know. Right. That's a, such a good analogy. Mm -hmm. um, and if you don't have all those pieces in place, like something's, something's going to give. Um, and the worst thing you can do is have a, you know, an angry mob of investors after you. You don't need experience. I mean, I, I say that that's a very bold statement to make, but you really don't need to, to have experience. What you really need is to know what you need to do and then follow through on that. So make the plan and then follow through on the plan and make sure you hit all the vital points within the plan itself. Don't leave out something vital, like communicating when you're going to communicate with your investors. Mm -hmm. um, leaving that out could put you in a terrible situation. So, you know, hit all points. I'm going to do construction or rehab. Here's the phasing. That was a huge part of my job when I was working in the real estate development company was because we would have these big projects that would have multiple buildings. Like, so it'd be a hundred unit apartment building amongst um, say eight buildings and we're doing a condo conversion. So we would have to phase that. We'd have to know these people have to move out at this time. Mm -hmm. These people have to move out at this time. Construction's gonna start here at this time. Sales are gonna start here at this time. It was a huge undertaking to map that out. I'm talking about an extreme situation, but it's no different with a value add um, pro multifamily property um, on a smaller scale. Yeah. Look, people need somewhere to live. I understand why everybody wants to get into multifamily because it's the one asset class that's like, it is a necessity. People right. need shelter. Place. People don't necessarily right. need self-storage. People don't necessarily need office buildings, especially now, you know, in a world of virtual, but People absolutely need to have somewhere to live. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. No, I, I, that's, that's a great, great suggestions and great um, way of like putting that. The, the thing that you said I want to just highlight as well is if you are evaluating a syndicator and they can't send you like a guide of how they deal with their investors. Um, it doesn't have to be a PowerPoint presentation, but it quite honestly should be something in writing. Like this is right. what we do with our investors. If they can't right. send that to you, then that's a, that's a red flag because, oh, they absolutely. because then they don't even have a plan in place. And, you know, I, you know, it's funny because, you know, you start to 
right from the bat, we always sent like a monthly newsletter and a monthly update to our investors, whether it was small or large. And that has just become even more important. People look for those. And quite honestly, not all the, inv- <laughs> we've had investors like opt out of the, of the, of the <laughs> newsletter, which is funny. I'm like, no, you invest in about that. Why do you opt out? That, but that's another story. Um, they, they may just not be interested, uh, you know, but I would be, you know, I was like, what? What's going on? Why'd you opt out? You're an investor. You have money in right, this country. Right? So but anyway. They don't care. Yeah. But, yeah. but at least you're doing it. Yes. That's the thing. Like, at yeah. least you're doing you have it. have to do it. Say I did it, you know, and, that's right. and, and you opted out. <laughs> <laughs> but but that's so important that you you ask those that syndicator. And I'd also ask, you know, I'd also add to your great insight is not enough investors or potential investors that are looking to, to passively invest, ask about the team. You know, right. they don't ask, and like they, they know the person, right? The front of the whomever, right? They, they know the Johnny Smith, who's the one asking for the money, not asking for the money, but he's presenting. He's, he's like, you know, Mr. Real Estate or Mrs. Real Estate, awesome. Quite honestly, though, if he's running a good business, he's not the only one. He shouldn't <laughs> be the only one. Because if he's good in sales, that means he's probably not good on the analytical side. So not enough, and we talk to potential investors all the time, and not enough of them are asking, what does your team look like? What does your team look like? Boots on the ground. You, you live, you don't live next to the property. So how do you execute, like you said, what's that plan? But then how are you going to execute it? Who, who's on your team? What's their experience? What, what have they done well? I mean, people don't ask any of those questions. They should be. Yeah. But no. they, they don't. So that's another, again, if you're kind of vetting those indicators, which I know a lot of ladies are, make sure you ask those questions. Ask those, you know, what's your team look like? What's your communication plan look like? When am I going to get my K-1? That's important, you know? And that should all be outlined. Like, look, you, you guys should be getting a pile of paperwork, especially with the syndication. Yes. You should be getting a massive pile of paperwork that really talks about all that is, uh, that, that is going to happen, how it's going to happen, what it's all going to look like. Um, these, these things are things that are just, should be, you, you should just, you should know all of this stuff as an investor by the time you write a check. Yeah. Um, yeah. uh, if you are, not, and especially for a syndication, I'm not talking about single family residences. You should still be getting, um, you should still be getting paperwork for that. You should be still have something in writing. Do not just give people money without having something in writing. And, and you, you people who want to be sponsors or are taking money from investors, do not be taking money from investors without um, having something in writing. Because I will tell you right now, um, investors are just as dangerous as bad, bad investors are just as dangerous as bad sponsors. And, and so for example, if you don't get something that, or present your investor with something in writing, no matter how small the deal is, and something goes wrong, or it doesn't exactly turn out the way the investor expected, I'm going to tell you right now, they're going to say, but you said, yeah. and it's going to be something you never said or didn't mean, or they, they, they misinterpreted it. And, and you don't want that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I know you have a lot of experience in this area. Where do you find to be like the most, you know, um, hidden way to find, you know, potential investors? I know there's a lot, you know, talked uh, about, we, 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 you know, we teach a lot about it, but I'm curious from your perspective, from like the attorney perspective, sure. um, you know, what, what have you seen to be like one, one strategy the ladies listening could just kind of keep out an eye out for like, in terms of really developing their private money base, if you will. That's okay. Such a great question. So um, if, if, 
ladies as in particular if you like to dress up have i got the opportunity for you my uh number one suggestion of where to find investors is charitable events so mm. so if you you know if you get like an invitation i just got one the other night to like great suggestion actually a very random event um to a brain mapping society mm. is doing a black tie event up in la um and it's stuff like that that you know where they're like buy a you know a dinner for a hundred dollars and we'll give you some dry chicken but <laughs> you know what? you're sitting you're sitting with people who spent a hundred dollars on dry chicken and have disposable income to do that yeah so this is a great place to start meeting people who are not necessarily like like i just said it was brain mapping a brain mapping event <laughs> um, these are all doctors all of them are doc all of them are uh, like brain surgeons oncologists things like that you know that i'm going to be sitting with or i'm actually not going to the event so i shouldn't say i'm going to be sitting with but i was invited to this event to to sit with these doctors who um you know are probably not in real estate uh and um another oh i got another one this week um to a animal sanctuary mm. people who have disposable income to you know pay 125 dollars for a vegan meal um at a local winery um because they love animals so much but they have the disposable income to take care of it yeah. so uh you know any one of those people um you know might be interested in what i have to say about real estate yeah now this doesn't mean you go into a charitable event and just immediately start hey let me tell you about my real estate business <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're, just, you're just networking you're yeah. just you're just gathering information. You're just meeting people. You're getting to know people. That's it. Fantastic, I'll fantastic suggestion. With you. <laughs> fantastic suggestion. I love that because you're right. You know, those are the folks that are there, and they they want to invest in real estate, but they don't have the time. But they have the money, which is perfect for for the people listening because it's that's you know you have the time. So yeah, that exactly. We, we have to have you on again, Jillian. I, I need like a part two, right, Andressa? Yes. We need totally, I'm not even joking. We need part two. We, we have to put that on the calendar <laughs> again because there's like 95 questions that we didn't even get to that I would love to, to dive in with you. So thank you so much. But before we go there in our, our fabulous three, where can um, the ladies listening learn more about your amazing practice because Jillian and her team are fantastic. Um, you know, she did not pay me to say that. They, they really are her, her whole team. So we've worked with them on syndications. They are absolutely fantastic. So where can the ladies learn, you know, listening, learn more about you guys? Um, they can go to crowdfundinglawyers.net. We have um, a, a ton of free information on there. I would start there. Uh, we have free articles, webinars, um, all kinds of great stuff. And like I said, there's a, there's a bunch of us over here. So you'll get a different variety of, you know, uh, what, uh, you know, a different variety of how we all talk and, and, and the message is pretty much the same, but if, if you don't like my message, we have, we have three other people who have messages too. That's awesome. All this information is going to be on our show notes. Now we're going to transition to our fabulous three question. And oh, yeah. okay. the first one is what's the most transformational book you have ever read? Oh, I think I'm in the middle of reading it right now. I'm not even joking. Wow. Um, it's, yeah, it's called The Power of Habit. And I almost didn't read it because I was like, well, I know you need to have good habits. You should write down your goals, blah, 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 you know? But I will tell you right now, I'm not even halfway through the book. I 
um, put some of the, I took some of the advice in this book or just, you know, put some of the techniques into place in my home over the weekend. Mm. I went to my kid's classroom mm. on Monday and the teacher said my, my son had one of the best days he's ever had. Wow. Mm. Yeah. It's on so my the power list. of habit. <laughs> yeah. I, I just wrote I it down. I'm on, I'm only like, I've actually gone backwards in the book and, and, and read a couple of chapters over again already, not even having been through the book because wow. it's been that transformational just this week. Beautiful. Awesome. The second question is what's the most powerful routine you do to create a financially free and balanced life? Uh, you know, it's funny. I, I don't know if, if this has anything to do with financial freedom, but one of the things I do is that if I, if I'm not traveling, I bring my children to school every day and I pick them up from school every day, even though my husband's a stay at home dad, he could totally do it. He'd be happy to do it for me. Um, I make that time to make sure I'm having that connection with them in the morning and in the afternoon, even if I have to come back to the office, which I often do after I pick them up from school, I, I still do that. Hmm. I love that. The last question is which women famous or not has inspired you the most? Um, you know, <laughs> it's, it's funny. I would have to definitely say it's my aunt. Um, she, uh, is con she's a constant, uh, source of calm and spirituality and, you know, I, I, just a, a very, uh, giving person of both her time and, and money. And, uh, I think, I just think she's awesome. Very <laughs> cool. Great. Jillian, thank you so much for being on our show and sharing all your wonderful insight with the ladies listening and our community. So we really just really super appreciate your, your time and expertise. Thank you for having me. I loved it. I can't wait for part two. <laughs> oh, there we go. I can't wait for that too. Thank you so much, Jillian. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to receive updates on our next interviews, go to our website, therealestateinvestor.com. There you can subscribe to our show, become part of our investor community and get updates on upcoming episodes. If you like our show, please share it with other women who would benefit. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. And as always, we encourage you to take one action as a result of today's show and put it into motion so you can live both a financially free and balanced life. Thanks for spending time with us. Ciao.